Welcome to Talking Traction, the podcast where we talk about the things that are keeping small business owners from getting traction and what they can do about it. I'm your host, Tabitha Schieber, and I am joined today by Kim Baker from Vivid Performance Group. So happy to have you here with us today, Kim. Thank you, Tabitha. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. So Kim and I have known each other for a while. We have a lot in common, including trapezing. So you are in for a treat today (laughs) because who knows where this conversation is going to go. But I think we're going to center around discussing delegation. And so uh, the reason we want to listen to Kim regarding delegation is because she has had an immense amount of training and experience in developing medical device sales reps, sales leaders. She's been uh, with marketing leaders, scientists. Scientific uh, leaders, and she's had her own personal ups and downs in management too. And so she has taken all of this experience and all of this learning, and she uses it to apply that passion for human performance improvement and those so-called soft skills. And so her mission is to help employees, teams, and leaders work better together in what she calls the business sandbox. And her quote: "Employees get hired for what they know and can do, and fired for who they are and how they act." And so she wants to see a world where managers and leaders can create effective teams and coach them to greatness. And she uses proven assessments, training, coaching, and facilitation methods that really help us to reveal those individual and team abilities. And she creates employees that are better able to communicate, innovate, solve, team up, lead, and manage. And so that way, when all of that happens, then the business's mission can come to fruition. And so you know, I do EOS, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. all about core focus. I'm all about helping leaders achieve their vision and their mission. And we do that by having great people. And so we're going to talk today about people and teams and how we work together, mainly to delegate so Mm -hmm. we can scale. So talk to me first about what you think the biggest reason is that people don't delegate. Oh, gosh, I think one of the biggest reasons today is because They feel they don't have time. Where do I start? Mm. And I'm sure you've had this conversation with your clients like I've had with mine. Sometimes we have to slow down to speed up. Mm. Um, But there are frameworks and tools that we can provide to leaders and managers to help them figure out what can I delegate? Who can I delegate to? And how should I do that? Um, A side note, at least 90% of my clients run on EOS. I am a huge EOS fan. So I got to say, it's such a treat to be here with you today. Delegation is so key. Absolutely. So we we know that uh, most entrepreneurs don't get into business because they love business, right? They get into business because they have a skill or a craft or a passion. Usually starts out with maybe one person, two or three people um, that decide that they're going to get in, they're going to do this thing together. And if they're not working together to delegate, it never gets bigger than those one or two people. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you have to um, delegate and elevate is what we say. And that is really that period of revolution that you have to Mm -hmm. go so that you can evolve and so that you can make it to that next level and the next step. And so that means you have to work with other people, which I've heard entrepreneurs say their business would be great if they didn't have to deal with customers or employees. (laughs) Um, Talk to me about how do you find the right people and like, you know, that as you're starting, as you're developing that team, I know you do a lot with team dynamics and personality assessments. So just talk to me about, let's say, you're in that 10 to 250 range in terms of your company size. You know you want to scale, um, but you got to make sure that you have the right people. Where do you start? Where do you help leaders start? Yeah, yeah. So we start with 
you know, initially just understanding what the role is, the responsibility, competencies. Uh, we'll use personality assessments to determine um, who is the right fit. When it comes to teams, um, one of the great myths is that if we want a team to be more effective, we would start at an interpersonal or team dynamic level. And the data tells us that we start with structure of the team. Mm-hmm. Um because structure drives behavior. And so there's a tool I use, the six team conditions that really get you set up for that. Um, it's interesting how you you mentioned, you know, that initial two to three people maybe in an organization and the, we'll say maybe the visionary, right, in EOS world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when it comes to delegating, it's quite true that it's more your integrator that may be that individual that you delegate to. But if you're in a startup, you may have a lot of visionaries, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, definitely we hire the right people, we structure the team. And as the organization grows and we're looking at who are the next levels of management or leadership, who do we delegate to? You know, maybe as a stretch assignment. Um, sometimes it's we're growing so quickly that I need to offload. So. Yeah. And so it comes back to that not enough time, right? Because yes. I'm running a million miles a minute. And so what do I do? I just say, uh, hey, admin assistant, do this thing for me. And so what's the difference between abdication and delegation? Yes, yes, yes. So abdication is delegation with no thought. <laughs> mm, okay. In my mind. Absolutely. <laughs> So is there is there a process or a way for leaders to be thinking about how to do this better and a, any sort of structure or even maybe some thoughts around how much time should it take to delegate well? Yeah, yeah. Great questions. So first of all, you know, um, when we teach people how to delegate, we take them through some tools. And the number one question is, what are you looking to delegate mm-hmm. um, and why? And we know that there are a few things that we don't want you to delegate. Um, Things that should never be delegated are performance issues, Mm -hmm. disciplinary actions, politically sensitive issues, or emergencies where you don't have time to explain to somebody. And I will tell you, I have seen that happen so many times um, where an individual who's delegating they're delegating something that seems very straightforward, very easy. Maybe the person they're delegating to should have observed, should know. Here we go with those employees to have mind reading skills, right? <laughs> um, and it doesn't go so well. Um, the things that can be delegated are routine activities. Um, maybe if there's something that's really not part of your core competency, Um and maybe some tasks and responsibilities that you've been promoted from. So what I talk with folks about is, why are you delegating? Is it to lighten your load? Is it to offer a stretch assignment for somebody else? Or is it a bit of both? Mm. And there's a lot of that we can talk about delegation, you know, that would far expand out the time we have together. But four key things to be aware of when you're delegating is to the person I'm delegating Am I delegating not the what to do or what the outcome is, but how to do it? So a little more detail about that might be, am I delegating to somebody, hey, find us a better solution? Or am I delegating, hey, do it just like this? Mm. Am I even delegating, hey, this isn't working and get to the root cause and then come up with a solution? 
right? So if I'm delegating, so to speak, and saying, just do it this way, that person has very little autonomy. They have little authority. Um, they may need few resources, but I need to let them know. And they may need some support, but I need to let them know. No matter what type of delegation, you got to let people know what's your autonomy, what's your authority, what are the resources that you're provided, who can you go to, and who can you go to for support? Mm-hmm, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. if I'm delegating, I'm having check-ins, um, but there could be Based upon what's being delegated, this individual may need to go to others in the organization or outside the organization. Yeah. And how many times, like, I've heard people say, well, I'm not going to delegate this because I can just do it faster myself, or I've delegated before and I've gotten burned and so I can't do it again. Most of the time, either of those scenarios, right, are because they haven't given the clarity about the level of autonomy or they haven't given clear directions and instructions. And so delegation does actually take time up front. And I think that's really important for leaders to remember. The idea is to get it off of your to-do list, but you still have to teach somebody how to do it. And so it's a process, right? It's a journey. And like, When you're building trust with people very early on, it's going to take a little bit longer, right? Because you have to give all of those steps. But in theory, the longer you're together, the more that people should understand what you expect, um, you know, the timelines you expect, the level of Mm -hmm. detail you expect, all of those sorts of things. But you still, even once you've been with somebody for seven, eight, ten years, what happens if you assume, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We all know that one, right? Yes. yes. So I think that, you know, the past failures, you know, the the lack of time, all of those things that really prevent us from delegating can be removed if we follow a structured set of, of principles and process. And one of the things I love about you is you actually have a tool. I do. I yes. do. Like with a, with a, a rating, you can see how good you are at delegating. And so talk to me about your tool and how it works. And, and can people get this from you? Because it's awesome. Absolutely. And it's free. It's just, you know, something in um, paying forward and help first, right? So I actually was part of new manager training um, or even as a standalone um, offer training on delegating for growth. And as part of that, we offer a simple survey so you can really get a sense of how frequently you delegate, why you do, why you don't. You know, are you worried that your employees won't do a good job, right? So it gives you a sense of where you are in terms of what's holding you back, or maybe you'll discover you're pretty darn good at it. Mm -hmm. And then what we move into is an activity. And again, you're working with a PDF where you really outline the task or project. Can it be delegated? Um, What's a legitimate reason? Why not? Um, And if it can be, or if it can't be, what are the skills that it takes to be good at that? Mm -hmm. You know, so this, if it can't be delegated, what's a legitimate reason? And maybe you'll discover that you don't have an employee with the right skill or there's something missing that today you can't delegate it, but maybe tomorrow you can. Maybe it takes a little extra steps. Then we go about matching people and projects. So hopefully you're fortunate to have maybe two or three people that you can delegate to. And you want to look at their strengths. What are their areas for development? What's their current workload? And are they willing to learn? Right. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to have and we see this. I do a lot of work in pre-assessments and hiring and trying to get the right people in the right seat. Right. Mm -hmm. And 
this willingness to learn your employees, so many of them, whether the ones working for you now or the ones you're hiring, want to be trained. They want to be developed. They want to grow. So if they're demonstrating that willingness to learn, that's that's a great indicator. Um, and then you take that project, task, or activity, and you start matching up with the people that you have. And you also want to be thinking, what's the timeline? What are the results I'm looking for? You got to start out with criteria, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And what are the consequences of not meeting the standard? If you're delegating something that takes a, a reasonable amount of skill, knowledge, ability to somebody who's very junior and doesn't have that, you have to be willing to spend time with them. So if you're thinking, I just want to offload, that person is set up for failure if Mm -hmm. you're not there with that support. Um, The other thing we talk about is, uh, and you know, it's one of my, I'm in my zone when I'm talking about it, is personality. Mm -hmm. And like I said, a lot of my, most of my clients run on EOS. So I'm very knowledgeable about the visionary and I work with them and I work with some startups, you know, as well. And that visionary tends to be ambitious and tends to be inquisitive. You know, and I use a lot of the Hogan assessments for personality. In Hoganese, uh, we would look at ambition, we would look at inquisitiveness, and quite frankly, prudence. If we were going to look, and I'm simplifying it here, okay. but these are three personality characteristics I'd look at in terms of who I'm delegating to and the type of delegation, right? So if I'm delegating to somebody who is highly prudent, so think conscientious. These are people that are pretty organized, uh, the structure, good corporate citizens, but maybe kind of inflexible, maybe a bit of a micromanager, right? So if I'm delegating to them, do it just this way, don't deviate, that's the best fit, Okay. right? Okay. Now, if I need somebody to fix this problem, that maybe I don't fully understand, we don't fully understand, I want you to get to root cause, and I want you to come up with solutions. I definitely want somebody with high ambition, right? Mm -hmm. Because ambition is the degree to which we'll be self-confident, we're leader-like, and achievement-oriented, right? Mm -hmm. So probably no surprise in those definitions. So I want somebody who's going to want to make this happen and maybe step up and be seen in the organization as a leader. I want some inquisitiveness, right? Mm -hmm. And a degree of prudence. Now, the low end of prudence, people will be risky, mm-hmm. may not want risk, mm-hmm. you know, especially if we're in a compliant organization, yeah. you know, <laughs> financial services. I come from a long background in medical device and pharma. We lived, hopefully, in compliancy. Um, and so if I'm delegating the what and the how, I need ambition. I need high inquisitiveness. And I need, you know, moderate prudence. Okay. Now, if I am giving somebody a stretch project... A stretch project is probably not telling them this is what to do and how to do it okay. unless they're so new and really going from an entry level into a more complicated skill set, right? Um, so with that person, you might want some prudence, you know, maybe higher prudence, moderate inquisitiveness, and ambition, right? Okay. So. In working with people, unless you have an assessment on them, what can you think about? How would I know this? Well, do they tend to be organized? Do they tend to have a good idea of of what the white outcome looks like? Do they tend to be conscientious, like Mm -hmm. they want to do a good job? Do they tend to ask questions first? Do they tend to think first before they jump into action? 
do they tend to come up with ideas? Do they tend to see how seemingly disparate things come together in a unique way? That might be inquisitiveness. Yeah. So um, I liken personality and in this these three primary characteristics for delegation to um, baking ingredients, you know, yeah, flour, sugar, eggs, butter, very common basic baking ingredients, right? But the ratios will determine if we have a cake or cookies, right? Uh, okay. And that's mm-hmm. much like personality. We can measure everybody on the same traits, but the way they come together and then the way they play out in certain scenarios speaks to the uniqueness of an individual. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things you just said that was really interesting, I guess I never really thought about, they kind of have to, whoever you delegate to has to have some level of confidence too, mm-hmm. right? And they and they have to want it, right? And yes. so um, I hear people all the time who say, well, I don't have anyone that I can delegate to. And so, um, you know, in EOS, we have, we start with structure. So just like you said before, get the accountability chart, right? Mm-hmm. So getting clarity for me, as when I'm when I'm in my leadership role, wearing my leadership hat, I got to get clear first and foremost on who is the right person to delegate it from a uh, functional perspective and from a roles perspective. But I hadn't really taken into account the personality perspective mm-hmm. um, as well. And then after, so like after we get that accountability chart really well defined, the way EOS teaches delegation is we actually have them write down everything that's in their head. So all the stuff that is spinning and swimming and pops up at 3 a.m. when you wake up and (laughs) panic, Mm -hmm. right? Get it all out onto a list. And we do personal stuff, business stuff, all of it. One list, right? And then you can divide it into the four quadrants. So you can say, these are the things I absolutely love doing and I'm great at. Mm -hmm. These are the things I'm good at and I like doing okay. These are the things that maybe I'm not so good at, but I, I like doing them or or maybe I'm good at them, but I don't like doing them, right? Those ones that are kind of those, me, I can do it, but not my favorite. And then the last one is I don't like doing it and I'm horrible at it, right? Mm-hmm. And so we then categorize that whole list into those quadrants. And then we encourage people to take that bottom right quadrant, which is that I'm horrible at this and I hate doing it. And those are the first things to get rid of. But we actually teach that you do that over a period of time. So I, as you were talking, I was thinking about the concept that you can develop people on mm-hmm. your team to learn to, in the future, be the person you're going to delegate to. So I get that that's a little bit of a process, right? But if they are the person that has the right personality yeah. and you have it in that, like, you know, I hate doing the finance piece of this role mm-hmm. and maybe they have a little bit of a willingness and interest in the right personality, you can start grooming them so that they can take that on in the future. So I just think that adding the personality piece to it with the accountability, with getting it all out of your head, like what a powerful process and powerful tool for leaders. So what would you say like are the gotchas? Where where do people fall down most often if they're doing delegation? You said, you know, are visionaries good at delegating or not good at delegating generally? Mm. I have what I have found is that they are good at taking the action to delegate, but their execution is very poor. Mm. What I find, like here recently, somebody shared a story with me of a visionary who tends to have things to delegate and he walks around like passing them out haphazardly. Mm -hmm. And the challenge is that sometimes what he's delegating is actually linked to somebody else's role, mm-hmm. and then he's given it to somebody else. Well, guess what? 
you've just caused a kerfluffle yeah. in the team yeah. because now, oh gosh, we the players talk. are out of position, right? You're right. playing a game and the people aren't in and the right position on the now field. Now you've, if you're familiar with um, David Rock and neuro leadership and the SCARF model, status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. Mm-hmm. When you start delegating to somebody part of my role, what's my status in the organization? Mm-hmm. Do I have a certain future? What's mm-hmm. my autonomy? Mm-hmm. Am I fitting with a team? And fairness, how fair is that that you delegate a part of my role? Like it is so confusing, but that's how visionaries move fast, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I'm chuckling when you were talking about uh, earlier uh, that we can delegate to different people and what we're not good at and what we don't like to do. I have a client CEO of an organization, runs on EOS. They took the checkbook away from him. He is so low in prudence. Like, I can tell you 96% of the population is more prudent than he is. Okay. Totally open to risk. Mm-hmm. Takes action with not thinking. They literally took the checkbook away from him, his partners. Oh. And he laughs about it. Yeah. Well, good. You got to <laughs> know thyself, right? Yes. I was. I read a statistic that said uh, only 30% of people with managerial responsibilities self-assess themselves as being good at delegating, which is pretty scary, right? The people mm-hmm. who are supposed to be leading and managing mm-hmm. people. Um, and then of those 30%, their teams say that only a third of them say that they're actually good at it, right? So like that's pretty, pretty appalling statistics. So we've got to get better at delegating. Yeah. So um, you have some beautiful tools that people can get uh, Mm -hmm. if they go to your website at vividperformancegroup.com would be one way to get a hold of you. What would be any other way uh, that you want them to get this workbook tool thing that you have? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So you could find me on LinkedIn, Kim Baker at Vivid Performance Group, and you can email me. So that's kbaker at vividperformancegroup.com. Everything spelled in the traditional way. Perfect. So. so is there any other nuggets, any gold you want to leave behind for anybody who's trying to get better so that they're not one of that really yeah. bad statistic? Yeah, yeah. Listen, reach out to me for the tools. They're free. I guarantee you when you look through these, you're going to realize that delegating is not nearly as intimidating as it feels because you don't know how to start. Using these tools will give you a great direction. And if you don't do those and you're kind of working it on your own, make sure when you're delegating that you make it clear what the desired outcome is. Are you delegating the how they need to go about it? Make sure you make clear to them, here's where you have autonomy, here's your authority, Here's the resources at your disposal, and then here's who to go to for support. Okay, thank you so much for that. And just to to keep our uh, brand promise here that we said at the beginning, let's talk about trapezing. Yeah. When did you trapeze, <laughs> and where, and how was it? Why? How'd you get into that? Oh gosh. Uh, so I, I did this for fun. So um, living here in St. Louis, we have the uh, Science Center, mm-hmm. and one summer the Walendas were in town and offering trapeze lessons, and I did it. Now I did it at forty years old. And having a background in gymnastics, um, I guess I thought the muscle memory would be a lot better than it was, <laughs> you know, at 18 when I left gymnastics. Um, so much harder than I thought it was going to be. I'm quite sure if I had done it at 14, 15, 16, it would have been a lot different. But it was a lot of fun. Um, I was able to turn and grab the bar, you know, as you're swinging. But that was it. No other 
acrobatics. Yeah. And so um, I did it at a little like pop-up place that's behind the Drury in Chesterfield. Oh, wow. And we actually got to where we were hanging by our knees and we would let go and grab onto somebody else's hands and go all the way across. And it was the like this huge risk-taking thing. And it was lovely. And I felt like I was flying. And so if you ever, uh, you know, have trouble letting go and you're delegating, um, maybe go take a little trapezing lesson and, and practice literally letting Letting go of the vine. <laughs> and then I just wanted to let everyone know if you don't have time to delegate, then you should probably join us for our next podcast because we're going to talk about time blocking and managing your email effectively with Steve Crawford of McGee Productivity Solutions. When I worked with him uh, with a team previously, literally changed the entire organization, the way we interacted with each other and the amount of stuff we got done. So absolutely love him. He'll be joining us on the next podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I always love speaking with you. I'm sure I'll have you back on the podcast again. So thank you. I'd love it. This has been Talking Traction with Tabitha Shever, and I just want to give a thank you to Family Vision Media and Dave Powell for helping us produce this podcast. Plus, Delta is committed to helping your small business get your operations in order and to drive positive change. To learn more about Plus Delta services or EOS, go to plusdelta.com. Until next time, happy changing, everyone. Happy changing, everyone.